Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. This is just like one of those things that happen when you're making like favorites lists. Yeah. That sometimes like you just... You make blo- mistakes. You make mistakes. You make mistakes, exactly. You make mistakes. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about all the movies that have us excited, obsessed, and inspired. And welcome to our season two finale. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Welcome, guys. Okay, for our season two finale, our main event is going to be our top 10 favorite movie directors of all time. And for our finale, there's no more fitting guest than the founder and CEO of the League of Cinephiles himself, Alex Helmer, here to help us with our list. How are you, Helmer? I'm good. Hi, Gol. Hi, Alan. Nice to uh, see you guys. Uh- How about we start with that list? Um, I'm thinking we could. Uh, I would go first, then, um, then Helmer. You can, uh, you can go second, and then Gal. So we each go around ten through six. Then, when you get back to your turn, five through two, and then number one. Exactly. That's uh, that's how we usually do it here. Um, so I guess I'll start with my number ten. It's a very new addition to this list because I only recently watched these movies. I think I know who it we is. We had a full episode about it last week. Is my man Jordan Peele. For me, I'm still like on the Get Out hype, even though like it technically came out years ago. Uh, I just watched it recently, so for me, I don't think the Get Out new. hype has died technically. Uh, but yeah, I love him. And uh, I don't think, uh, unless he really fucks up some of his next movies, I maybe he'll stay here for a while. Let's see. My number nine is um, one that maybe only I will have on my list as uh, the show's Brazilian. I'm going to have my favorite uh, Brazilian director of all time. Fernando Meirelles. Okay, as soon as you said yeah. Brazilian director, it has to be him or else I don't know who it is. Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> so uh, I, re- I re-watched City of God this weekend and it's one of the best movies of all time. I put it up again in my top 20. And if you live there and you know, I never lived in the favela, of course, but like I lived in Brazil, so I've known about all of the issues and all that. And... Um, the way that he portrays it is so real. And I finally got around to watching The Two Popes for the first time. And I was impressed. Number eight. The two movies that I put in here are Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, oh my God. Ford v. Ferrari. Which is my favorite movie of his. For sure. And I, as the nerd that I am, I have to mention Logan. Number seven. Ryan Coogler. I have uh, highlighted here Creed, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is on my top 20. And I also highlighted Black Panther just, again, because I'm a nerd and because uh, how important that movie was. Seems like he can do no wrong. I also want to mention he produced Judas and the Black Messiah, which was one of my favorite movies of like the last two or three years. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder revolution. Number six, uh, Gael would also not be very surprised that he's on here. Guillermo del Toro, because Shape of Water is one of the best movies I have ever watched. And 
Oh god, we keep coming back to this fucking uh I'm still a nerd and I love Hellboy and it's one of the most fun movies I have ever watched and I watched it for the first time when I was a little kid and I freaking loved it and Hellboy 2 might be even better and this is all because of Guillermo del Toro unable to perceive the shape of you I find you all around me your presence fills my eyes with your love it humbles my heart for you are everywhere I have a confession to make I haven't seen a single Hellboy movie me either well I've seen the new one the 2019 oh no i haven't seen the david harbour one so you have a my god guys get on it get on it they're so good so my 10 through 6 if you know me i'm an old movie guy so a lot of these are going to be the classic guys uh different from a lot of people's list i think um but also guys who have grown to love over time especially recently as i've uh, gotten to see more of their films so number 12 i think is i guess most people know 12 or 10 i guess the most unknown on my list um, Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who I guess for uh, reference, he's Herman Mankiewicz's, uh, I believe his brother. Herman Mankiewicz was who Gary Oldman portrayed in, in uh, Mank, who wrote Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, Wait, so does Tom Pelfrey play him in the movie or is that a different brother? I believe so. Yeah, Tom Pelfrey doesn't I play think it's him. Else, right? Yeah, I think. It's- yeah, so uh, the two movies from him. Number one is Sleuth, a 1972 movie, which I actually got on DVD because it's not available anywhere else besides physical media. It's um, Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. Um, and it's basically just a two-person film the entire time set in one house. It's kind of a murder mysteries thriller type thing. <clears throat> and then he also directed uh, All About Eve, which is one of the best uh, classic movies of all time, one of the best, best special ones of all time. It's amazing. And he's a great actor-director. All of his movies have some some of the best performances you'll ever see. Number nine, Sergio Leone, um, who's my... It's a good choice. Yes, he's my favorite, I guess, foreign director. Um, he still makes, obviously, kind of Western movies, but with kind of a nice Italian flair to them. Once Upon a Time in the West is in my top 10 movies of all time, which is shocking considering the first time I watched it, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Wait, we have a debate over this, right? You prefer West over Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, right? I actually prefer, for a few dollars more, over Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And the- uh, I strongly disagree with that. Just the way he builds tension in the shots that he uses, you know, the close-ups and everything, the wide shots. He's very atmospheric director, and I feel like he's the type of director where even if you don't like Westerns, which a lot of people don't, you'll love Leone films. Guilty as charged. (laughs) (laughs) And Once Upon a Time in America as well. Yeah, I would go his best are Once Upon a Time in America and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly for me. My is Billy Wilder. Who's another classic director? One of his comedies are very different from his thrillers. Sunset Boulevard is very different from some, some like it hot. Um, he's one of my. He's I think he's the best film noir director of all time. Ace in the Hole with Kirk Douglas is amazing. Uh, he but also he has movies like Double Indemnity is great. The, the apartment. apartment obviously Best Picture winner. David Fincher might I I have a feeling he might appear on your guys' list. So this is kind of a precursor to that. He puts out different products. You know, Curious Case Benjamin Button is so different compared to like Seven or Fight Club or Social Network. They all have different elements that make them unique and make them stand out. They all have amazing performances. And uh, he always puts out movies that are able to be a combination of entertaining and thrilling. And they also have something to say, right? So he's able to please everyone um, with his movies, which is very rare for a director. And then my last one for now, my six, 
is going to be Sidney Lumet, who's a guy I really, really respect because he directed movies through, what is it, six decades, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. It's insane. 12 Angry Men is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is, actually, no, I actually redid my top 100 of all time, and it is my number one of all time. Wow. Wow. I did. I redid my top 100 like a week or two ago, and I was like, "Yeah, this." I consistently think about that movie. It's amazing all around. Or his last film before he died, before the devil knows we're dead, with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke is really good. I don't know, Gull. Have Have you gotten to that one yet? I've never seen it. Is it good? It's very good. Ethan Hawke's in it. Philip Seymour okay. Hoffman. It's kind of a heist film. It's very, very, very. Good. Yeah. Anything with Philip Seymour Hoffman, sign me up. He always steals the screen. And right. then Dog Day Afternoon, which I know Gall loves. And, and also Serpico. He did Serpico, right? Yeah. yeah, I like I like Serpico a lot, but Dog Day Afternoon is... Both, and that and 12 Angry Men take place in one location, which is awesome. Network I really like as well. I need to rewatch Network because I haven't seen it in a long time. And then also shout out to a movie called Death Trap, which is another one location film, his third that I've mentioned with um, Michael Caine and Christopher Reeve. My top 10, again, it's like if we had objective versus subjective, this would be different, but I'm going subjective. My number 10, I think I'll be the only person to have him on the list, but it is Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, Helmer, you really like him, right? No, I really do, yeah. He's really unique. I feel like his movies are very much an event, and it's weird how much his style actually, I think, like has resonated with a lot of people. Uh, I've seen The Grand Budapest Hotel three times. Moonrise Kingdom is one of my favorites of the last couple of years. Now, that I've seen four or five times even. Um, I Love Dogs, The French Dispatch, Royal Tenenbaums. I'll even defend The Life Aquatic with Bill Murray. Not everyone likes that. Yeah, I guess Budapest is his most famous movie, right? Probably. He won four Oscars also and yeah. did hella good at the box office. I think he might be his most successful movie. Yeah, for sure. Great choice. My number nine, again, is, is subjective. But at the place that... He is in Hollywood now. I decided to put him here. And it's Damien Chazelle. If we're just talking about favorites, he's such an exciting filmmaker. The passion he has for film history, for the cinematic theater experience, whether it's a space movie or the way he incorporates um, music into his films. So I love First Man, but of course, Whiplash and La La Land go back and forth for his best movie, in my opinion. La La Land. Sorry. I will say, oh, well, I like Whiplash more, <laughs> but I love them both. No, but that, that that's fair. Like, Whiplash comes so close to me, but yeah. La La Land has, I don't know why, has such a special place in me my too. heart. Me too, we've talked about this. Like, we've talked about it multiple times on the show already. Do you guys still listen to the soundtrack? Of course. Of course, yes, that's the right answer. <laughs> Not yes, but of course. Of course. Uh, okay. I will say also, he was on my honorable mentions. He will probably get into my top five. I mean, he could be easily top five by the end of his uh, career. I was battling with myself with putting him here, but he actually made it like number 11. Like he was nice. so close. Yeah, I'm really ashamed of who's at my number 11 because he was on there until like yesterday. Um, number eight, he's also a very recent filmmaker, but he has a little more of a gained fan base. And that's Edgar Wright. Uh, Love the man. This guy's a legend. Uh, my two favorite movies of his are Hot Fuzz um, and Baby Driver, which okay, is thank God. one of my favorite <laughs> movies, period. And fun fact, 
Gal actually shot a short for one of our classes, like last year, I think it was, where he played. Did you play Kevin Spacey or did playing, you play Baby Driver? I was playing the Kevin Spacey, and our friend Yarden, who's been on the podcast for our favorite actors, he was Baby, and so we were doing like. Like the scene where, um, where it's like, oh, was he listening? Did he have the earbuds in? We did like a recreation of that. It was so good. It was like the, like it was it was like this exercise to see if we knew like how to do framing and all that. And like it was easily the best one in the class, and I was so jealous. We had fun doing that. Yeah. Oh, you're not sarcastic. I thought you were being sarcastic for the longest time. No, I, I'm promising you. Like it was, yeah. Of course, it was like cheesy and all that. Like, but it was like. When it comes to like the actual exercise, it was easily the best one. I'll gladly take the praise. Why would I believe phones over here heard a goddamn word you said? You lay down your whole play. He ain't even listening. Baby. The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. We have the details of the route because someone at the depot has a nasal problem. The dress code is the Michael Myers Halloween mask, but don't all buy your mask at the same time. It looks suspicious. Questions? Well, ain't y'all cute? That's my baby. Number seven, Denis Villeneuve. The man does not miss. I've yet to see his older, like, French language movies, but everything in English that he's made I've seen. Prisoners is obviously phenomenal. Um, so I guess my favorites of his would be Blade Runner and Arrival. Dune, I hate to put it out there. I hate to have it miss the top two there, but I mean, all of his movies are amazing. But Arrival is honestly one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. I know it's not everyone's favorite of his, but I absolutely love it. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, again, I'll refrain to talking about this guy right now. I thought you would say that. Uh, don't like it that much. Don't like him at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm ju- it's of course a joke. He's it's coming. I, I know, I know. I, I got that one, Alan. I got that Great. joke. Number six is not one director, but two. Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um, love these guys they're very versatile very amazing fantastic top two no country for old men which i think is an amazing exercise in thriller and noir neo-western sort of filmmaking and of course fargo but there's so many of those that could you could shout out and go on about i am a fargo guy if fargo is a movie where i every time i see it I bump it up like a rating wow, yeah. because it is so damn rewatchable. I'll just like pop it on. It'll pop be on cable and just pop it on, you know, 40 minutes in and just watch from there. It is it's so, so good. Well. And I've seen the Fargo show as well. I've seen it, but not the fourth season yet. I need to see the one with Chris Rock. No, specifically the first season. And that gave me like a deeper appreciation of what the original <laughs> did because it is, it's a masterpiece and so, and it's so unique. Is the show also good? The show is great. I've seen the first three seasons. Nice. Uh, Ewan McGregor was fantastic in season three, by the way. That's what I heard. Did he win anything? He won no. a Golden Globe and he was nominated for okay, the Emmy. Okay, got it. Um, and yeah, I, I love how in Fargo, you don't even meet the main character until 30 minutes in. And she still won the Oscar for Best yeah, Actress, Frances McDormand. And um, they won Best Original Screenplay. And then three more wins for No Country. So let's go to Alan's five through two. Let's hear it. Okay, so my number five has been mentioned already um, by Helmer, and it is David Fincher. Uh, Gal has 
has had to listen to me rave about the social network for years at this point. Uh, it is my favorite movie of all time. But my second favorite of his, because people already know how much I love um, the social network, is Zodiac. I okay. love Zodiac so much. Uh, my number four, it's probably going to show up in both of your lists, maybe. Martin Scorsese. Uh, is it not? No, I'm just... I'm. I'm not saying anything right now, okay? okay I'm being okay, quiet. Okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll withdraw my statement. I love probably every movie he's ever done that I ever watched. I don't know if I've watched his whole filmography, but I probably watched most of it. I love his style. I love the stories he chooses to tell. My favorite one of his is The Wolf of Wall Street. Again, one of those movies that I rewatched so many times. Caught me like at the right age, like I saw it in the movie theater with like one of my best friends at the time, and we wouldn't stop talking about it for like two months. And my second favorite of his is Shutter Island. I thought you were gonna say oh, that. That's a good choice. Whoa. Yeah, that's a unique choice, but I support it. Yeah, I love I love that movie so much. Also, one that I saw when I was really young and um, really caught me off guard. Like I saw it at a sleepover at a friend's house, like, very randomly. And it's uh, it scarred me when I was a kid. But, like, <laughs> since then, like, rewatching and, like, re-understanding the twist and the turns. Some of my I favorite twists movie. of all time. It is. My number three has also been mentioned already. Is a Mr. Denis Villeneuve. I, my favorite movie of his is the one that made me fall in love with him. Made me go back and rewatch, like no, not rewatch, but watch his filmography, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, that movie is a masterpiece, and I think it is the um, the best looking movie I've ever watched. And uh, my number two, and no, no surprise to Gal, probably. Uh, he lives in, he lives pretty close to us <laughs> right now. Uh, he lives uh, about forty minutes that way. Uh, or 30 minutes that way, if you go by car. Foot fetish man. Uh, it's Mr. Foot fetish man himself, uh, Mr. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> um, one of the guys responsible for making me love movies the way I love movies. Uh, probably watched Pulp Fiction when I, was w when I was way too young to watch Pulp Fiction. Still loved it. It wasn't my first and the first Tarantino movie I ever watched. First one I ever watched was Inglorious Bastards. Gorlomi? Lo pronuncio correctamente? Si, correcto. Gorlomi? Gorlomi. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, so that would be my favorite movie of his. Uh, very close second, and a modern classic in my opinion, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Pulp Fiction is right next to it. But right now, it's Once Upon a Time. Um, Helmer, what is your five through two? All right, so my five through two, I'm going to continue with kind of the old movie train and go with the king of classic cinema, Alfred Hitchcock. For a lot of people, he's regarded as, you know, one of the best of all time. And I think a re uh, the biggest reason as to why that is is because, you know, the guy basically created an entire genre, which is basically frowned upon at the time when, you know, stuff like murder and stuff like that couldn't be shown on screen or couldn't even be kind of uh, 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 referenced. And oh, so I think that's... It's so weird to yeah. think that he wasn't embraced back then. 
Yeah, he's like literally one of the best movie makers of all time. I feel like every kind of director that's come after him, when we talk about David Fincher, when we talk about uh, kind of uh, Sidney Lumet, Christopher Nolan, who no one's mentioned yet, but some people might, um, people who make movies with with a lot of tension in, in it, they gather a lot from Hitchcock. And my two favorites of him, my favorite is actually uh, Rear Window is my favorite, which Ooh, is a film that nice. I think uh, sums up everything that's so good about Hitchcock. According to our like League of Cinephile bubble, this is apparently an unpopular opinion, but my favorite of his is actually North by Northwest. So I love North by Northwest. It's in my top 100. It's my third favorite. My second favorite. Oh, no, it's my second favorite. Never mind. So I, I, I'm right there with you, Gal. Uh, I love North by Northwest. I put North by Northwest, then Psycho, then Vertigo. North by Northwest, if you love James Bond, this is basically as good. It's like the original James Bond. It's the original one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is so, so good. The music is great. There's so many iconic scenes. And all of his movies look beautiful, especially in Technicolor. And North by Northwest looks beautiful. And there are countless ones I haven't mentioned either. And I actually, fun fact, Hitchcock is the director I've seen the most movies from, actually. My number four is a little guy named Steven Spielberg uh, in my in my in my top five. I would have been shocked if he wasn't See on the your list. S- the, s- the smile Alan is trying to hide on his. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, this one is more directed towards Gal. <laughs> you know, top five. That's that's uh, that's maybe maybe uh, maybe you guys have him higher. I, I should hope so at least. But the Fablemans is also coming out, which me and Gal actually got tickets for today at TIFF. Which nice. uh, and uh, yeah, Spielberg is just. Absolutely amazing when you the genre bending, the fact that he's not afraid to do a movie like Adventures of Tintin, which is an animated movie. None of the other directors on my list have done animation before, which is insane that he did that. He can do horror with Jaws, he can do adventure like the Indiana Jones trilogy. Even his bad movies like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, he he kind of there's redeemable elements in them, so they're not like complete absolute garbage. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my number one. I it's a childhood favorite of mine. I saw it on the big screen actually for the first time a couple months ago, and I just I just felt like you know I was a kid again. It has such a special place for me in my childhood. And then my second favorite is Schindler's List, which is you know one of the most another film I got to see in the theaters in Dolby and it's one of the most powerful films ever made one of the most perfect films ever made it's basically a perfect movie I don't think there's anything wrong with it so before the hate on Alan starts I love Spielberg so much (laughs) he is he is my number 12 he was so close to being in my top 10 um I think it's because maybe I haven't rewatched some of his more classic movies in so long. But it's Spielberg, yeah. So maybe it's like in my head, like getting more of like his more recent work, which is not bad either. Because like, for instance, uh, last year he did one of my favorite movies of the year. It was my so favorite. I think it was my third. So I don't know why he's not on my list, may- like on my main list. There's still room to change it. Uh, <laughs> still one spot left if you want to change it look my my number one um i don't think i can change it but spielberg is one of my favorite movie ma- filmmakers of all time this is just like one of those things that happen when you're making like favorites lists yeah that sometimes like you just you make bl- mistakes you make mistakes. you make mistakes exactly you make mistakes we had a list here one time that i put leslie mann on so and then my number three is Someone I, I I kind of alluded to Martin Scorsese, which he's coming out with Killers of the Flower Moon. So that and Fablemans again, 
mark my words, whatever movie is better, I'm going to put higher on this list. So his movies have some of the best performances of all time. Uh, Goodfellas, I think, I believe it's, let me check real quick, but I believe Goodfellas is my favorite. Wolf of Wall Street is my second favorite. Both of those movies are so, so good. They, Martin Scorsese movies have style and flair that really encompass kind of the times that they were set in. Uh, which is really, really dope, really cool for a filmmaker to do that. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, he also just has a ton of appreciation for films that came before, like Cape Fear is a remake of another film in that. I love Cape Fear. It's it's great. This is how good the guy is. I've seen 16 of his movies, and Gangs of New York is number 15. That movie isn't even bad. That's a pretty good movie, yeah. But the fact that it's number 15 shows how good he really is. What's your least favorite? Now I'm curious. Probably Color of Money. The only one I don't like. I don't like Mean Streets. Oh, yeah, I, I get you that. You prefer Color of Money than Mean Streets? I really like Color of Money. Paul Newman's in it. I No, we really liked it too. We watched it for the first time for one of the episodes. I think I'd also put Color of Money over Mean Streets. But I, do, I, just, did, I just thought like the general, the general opinion, opinion was that was Color, Color of Money was one yeah, of his, his least, least like the No, least it's, it's like in my bottom. In It's at my 11, but... I don't like it's not one of my favorites. I still really like it though, but Mean Streets, I just that's the only one I didn't like. I was just like I, I thought the pacing was really slow. It was and slow. I was really not feeling it. I had that problem with the Irishman. Yeah, like, but it's also Pacino's in it to really get you going. Dude, Pacino I, was phenomenal in that movie. So my number two is gonna be my most controversial one on my list. It's the only one on my list where people go, Oh wow, really? And that's Woody Allen. So if 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 you watch me for a long time you know that I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. Obviously, putting the personal stuff aside, um, him strictly as a filmmaker. He, I got into him during the pandemic, actually, which is when I got into a lot of these directors, but specifically Woody Allen. I think I got into a streak where I rated like five or six of his movies, like a nine out of ten. Like this, he is one of the most kind of like authentic directors and screenwriters of all time. His are, you know, you you grow to appreciate them a lot more. I even watched a movie yesterday called. She's Funny That Way, which is a Peter Bogdanovich 2014 movie, which is a Woody Allen wannabe. And it was so bad. I, I, I realized even more after that, I'm like, wow. To be fair, Woody today's, really like the recent Woody Allen movies became Woody Allen wannabe movies. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you there, Gal. But even like Midnight in Paris, which is made in, I guess, uh, 20, 2011, I believe. I yeah. love that movie so That's much. That's a great movie. So good. Every time I watch it, I love it even more. It has a really powerful message about nostalgia. Annie Hall, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago, and I, I still absolutely love Annie Hall. And again, Woody Allen's a filmmaker. I really understand if you got if people don't like because his style and especially his, the personality of his characters can be can put off a lot of people. But for me, it really works because I kind of have a very similar sarcastic personality to a lot of his characters. <laughs> And I really approached kind of a lot of the subjects that he approaches, like romance and love and kind of life, a similar way that his characters do. Are you a fan of Matchpoint? I have not seen Matchpoint. Oh, really? I think it's one of his best by far. I, I need to see it. It's definitely one. Because I heard there's an amazing twist in it. and I really it's, it's like super good, really good yeah. thriller. Um, it's very different from everything else he did. I haven't seen most of his older movies. I've seen Annie Hall, but not like Hannah and her sisters or... Bullets over Broadway or whatever. I haven't watched a movie of his since I watched A Rainy Day in New York. I've never seen that. Because that movie is not great. So I'll go to my number five. Um, He's already been mentioned. And that's David Fincher. Love the guy. He was also your number five. And um, my favorites of his, 
it really goes back and forth because I feel horrible leaving out Zodiac or Gone Girl or Social Network. But for now, I'm going with Seven and Benjamin Button. I know it's super unpopular. I love Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. I love. Benjamin I love it too. Benjamin. I know some people would put it at the very bottom, but I think it's incredible. It was actually the first movie of his I ever watched. I saw it more recently, but I really was amazed by it. Uh, and then, so you looked at me earlier, weirdly, and it's because we have the same five and four. Really? It's Marty. <laughs> Great. Martin Scorsese is my number four. So this is why we're podcast partners. Great guy. Um, love his personality. Love his his craft as a director. Someone who puts a production value into everything. Not really going to have anything original to say. So I will say my favorites of his are Goodfellas and Taxi Driver. But I really want to shout out Hugo because of how underrated it is. And I do think it's his best movie that came out in the 2010s. I still haven't watched it. Fuck. Um, I'm sorry, I've seen gal. it like five times. <laughs> Fucking love Hugo. I it's, will defend it's that It's been movie. on my list. Every, like Gal and I had a class called Visual Communication last semester. And we saw a bunch of scenes from that movie. And it really made me want to watch. And for some reason or another, I ended up not watching it. But the like, thing is, I it came at the right time. I watched it when, when it came out in theaters. And it was one of the first like non-family movies that I watched in a theater. It was like, I was like 9 or 10. And I think I actually put... I did a YouTube video ages ago about movies that influenced my taste. And I put it there because it talks about the beginning of cinema. Because it's like both a mature movie, but you can show it to your kids... And yeah, that's why I'm shouting that out. But it's obviously not his best. It's just his most underappreciated, even though it was nominated for 11 Oscars and won five. Wow. Number three was also mentioned. Quentin Tarantino. Yay. Really funny guy. Amazing filmmaker. I love how his movies are both really just amazing character works and works and story. But he kind of disregards all the story rules that a lot of filmmakers have been used to the last couple of decades. And he never takes himself that seriously in his scripts. What country are you from? What? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying. Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I know it's sad that neither me or Alan put Pulp Fiction, but I'm actually going his top two, Inglorious Bastards, and then Kill Bill. Nice. Number two, My Heart Was Broken Earlier, Steven Spielberg. I knew Um, it. I thought it was going to be your number one, actually. Yeah, I, I was really debating even while we were recording this. Uh, Steven Spielberg, he's the man. I think he's objectively maybe the best. Yeah, wow. There's nothing bad to say about him, nothing original. You can see how much he cares. I think that's one original thing. You can see always how much he cares. And there's always either this childlike wonder, even in his newer movies like Ready Player One or Tintin, there's always this adventurous wonder to them, but also with the more historical material, whether it's how much awareness he brought with Schindler's List to the Holocaust or... You know the stories of how the veterans were affected with the theater in uh, Saving Private Ryan or um, how much he put into Munich or The Post or even with remaking West Side Story. You could see how much he brought as in like the like the racial violence or the racial tensions and the hatred and how he connected that to real life. It's not his best movie, but it certainly shows how much he cares about these real life stories. So 
if we're going best, I would say Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's are his most affecting, but favorites and the ones I've watched the most are Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones 1, Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right, let's hear number one. Okay, so my number one, uh, Gal probably already knows who it is, uh, is the guy that directed my second favorite movie of all time. Okay, good. Mr. Christopher Nolan. Fuck like, it, I'm going to say he's my number one too. Great. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I love basically every movie he ever made. <laughs> uh, Inception is my second favorite movie of all time. And it is uh, here as my favorite of his. And my second favorite of his is The Prestige. Again, I don't know if these are the choices that most people would go I for. I respect it, though. But The Prestige, the impact that that movie had on me... Um, uh, I don't even know how to explain. I was thinking about that movie kind of like in a similar manner as to like The Wolf of Wall Street. I was thinking about that movie for like months. Uh, it was crazy. He's probably the reason why I want to be a filmmaker. So that 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 that's, I think, the best compliment I could give him. He's the reason why I chose my life path. So I'll elaborate because he's also my number one. I think objectively it would be Spielberg, but not objectively. It's like, Subjectively, if I'm just thinking like the definition yeah. of a director that you talk about, that's that is like the definition of someone who has made a name for himself. He cares only about the theatrical experience, uh, which is kind of awesome, and he loves the spectacle. Inception and Dark Knight found me at the right time. The same year I watched Interstellar in theaters, that movie changed my life. Another goddamn masterpiece. Um, Dunkirk is on my top five, I think, war movies. Yeah, not much to say. I even enjoy Tenet. I know some people were really let down by it. But on a rewatch, I honestly dug it. Okay, so Helmer, you got to hear our f- number one choice, which I had no idea that was, that was Gauss. I was wondering where Chris Nolan was. Uh, what was Spielberg for- wasn't, I had an idea that it was. I'm like, okay, well, there only is like one logical choice for for him. Exactly. Uh, no, yeah. There's an Nolan was like in my... I, he was definitely my 15. Like, I think we were around like 12. So my number one is, I think once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So my number one is who I also consider the man to be the best director of all time, Stanley Kubrick. The first movie I watched of his was 2001, and I watched that really, really early. And because of that, I didn't appreciate it as much as I could have. And I think over time, when I watched more of his more and more of his movies, and I rewatched 2001, I grew to appreciate what he did as a director Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Like, The Shining is a very, um, I guess it's a very stylistic horror movie, but not in the sense that you would think. It's not like an art piece. It's not like an art horror piece. It's kind of like a kind of casual horror movie done with Kubrick's style, which I really appreciate. Um, And then, you know, and then he'll go on and do a costume piece like Barry Lyndon, which is a slow movie, but at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful movies ever made. It was the main inspiration for my short that I did um, over the summer. Um, and still have to watch Metal that. Jacket is sorry. Go ahead. I said I still have to watch your short. I, I, and I think I'm at it's in post right now, but I, it was the first big one I spent money on and. Watching Barry Lyndon, I watched it the right time because I'm like, this movie is like exactly. I, I'm not. I'm never going to reach this level of artistry when it comes to how a movie could could like look, but I can try, right? And my favorite is actually very one that, as a Kubrick fan, 
gets me a lot of heat. And that's Spartacus, one that nobody else has either seen or loves as much as I do. And I love Spartacus. I haven't really watched it yet. My favorite might honestly be Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket is great. I love it. Uh, and then I think my number two is uh, A Clockwork Orange. I love A Clockwork Orange. It's so good. Where would you rank Eyes Wide Shut? Eyes Wide Shut I really love as well. Yeah, I think I thought it was amazing. around the bottom, but still, I really, really, I really love Eyes Wide Shut still, um, nonetheless. All of his movies have kind of cemented their place within pop culture. Like, even Eyes Wide Shut has its place in, you know... Um, I see a, a masquerade party. You think Eyes yeah. Wide Shut. And I think he's the best when it comes to imagery, right? When you think of all these movies, all these strong images come to mind, whether it's the mask on the pillow in Eyes Wide Shut or the scene in the rain shots in uh, A Clockwork Orange or The Shining, uh, the one where Jack is, you know, on the typewriter with that really, like, fate, that face that everyone sees. And I feel like that's something that's really strong for a director that once you think of them, you can think of those famous shots. So my favorite of his uh, is The Shining, uh, for sure. It's also his first movie I've ever watched. And uh, yeah, it redefined what horror is, like in my head, basically. And um, it's just so creepy and so eerie. I think it's the best definition for it. And uh, it's I, it's not easy to like make grown-ups scared. And he manages yeah. to do that. So uh, I put Kubrick as an honorable mention uh, for sure. I totally understand the number one choice. Another one that broke my heart to put out is PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Absolutely love him. I, uh, How did you not put him on your list? I was 100% sure you would put him I on your think, list. I think when Edgar Wright came into my list, I put him at number 11. Gotcha. But until like maybe today he was on my list. And then Sam Mendes is a director that I adore. I love him. Um, I've seen every movie of his, and uh, hopefully we'll watch another of his at the at Toronto Film Festival. Spike Lee, I've seen a lot of movies of his, and I love Jordan Peele, of course. Clint Eastwood, James Cameron, and then my last one is Alfonso Cuaron. Got it. So my contenders that didn't make it, number one, of course, Steven Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> number two, which I was very intrigued by, Especially Gal didn't have him on his list. Ridley Scott. Yeah, so I almost put him as an honorable mention, but I don't know. Like he's had some amazing stuff, but lately it's hit or miss with him. But for sure, Gladiator <laughs> is amazing. Um, Alien. Talking about movies, some of his Blade mo- Runner of like his modern work, I love The Martian so much. No, The Martians for sure. The Last Duel. So American he, Gangster was great. So he was really close. He was like my second honorable mention. Then we talked about Damien Chazelle. Uh, he was my third. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, again, we, there it, there has been some hit and miss lately. But like, he directed one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'd have to put I still think it's there. incredible that the same dude did Forrest Gump and Back to the Future and Castaway and Contact. So even though he's had a lesser track record, I'll give Zemeckis that credit. Yeah, so as well as the ones that uh, we already mentioned, so the Coens, Nolan, Tarantino, Chazelle, right, which were basically like basically 11 to 15. Um, some other ones, Paul Thomas Anderson, like we mentioned, Rob Reiner is one of my favorite directors. Um, Stand By Me, one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. And all Love of his movies movie. are very different as well. Yeah, A Few Good Men, um, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Very rich and diverse yeah, filmography. He's, he's great. Yeah, the, he's like the type of director where the more you think about him, the more good he gets. You know what I mean? Like, Gall just did it. Like, when you think about the more movies he's made, you're like, oh, shit, this guy is, like, so versatile. 
Um, Milos Forman, who directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Amadeus, which are both masterpieces. Um, David Lean, who did Lawrence of Arabia. And then Ryan Johnson, who is slowly making his way yeah. up my ladder. He's so good. <laughs> I love this guy. Star- He'll be on my top 20, maybe. Star Wars fans be damned, even though I am a Star Wars fan. I loved Last Jedi. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Last Jedi fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, so we have three Last Jedi guys here. Hell so yeah. we're good. Uh, people are going to murder in the comments. Uh, Helmer, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. It was a blast. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. And you guys have given me a lot of director, or a lot of movies and directors to kind of delve myself in. Right back at you. Like you give me, you gave me so much for my classics list that I have to watch. I'm going to like listen back on this episode every time I need to go back into classic movies. I hate giving people long watch lists because I know it's, I hate when people give it to me. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a good it's a good it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh so thank you for uh for joining us. Where can people find you? So uh the League of Cinephiles both on Instagram and on YouTube, so follow and subscribe to us there. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Elmer. Have a good one. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon, bro. And that's a wrap on season two of Film Fanatics. So thank you guys for sticking around for so long. Yes, yeah, so exciting guys. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, for listening, for being with us through another year of Film Fanatics. And if you're new here, if you haven't heard about us, we talk about, we talk about movies, TV, we talk about everything in between. We give our very biased opinions. Uh, and <laughs> we, we just like having fun uh, talking about it. Remember to follow us at Film Fanatics Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for, for joining us. I'm Alan. And I'm Gaul. See you guys soon.